Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Western Corner Flag. I'm, I'm here alone today because uh, Michael is unable to join me today. Uh, so in today's episode we're going to be covering the preview of the Matildas uh, versus the US home series with the first match starting in a little while and so and many other things in this episode. So with the US and the Matildas match. It is the first time that the US have played in Australia for many years. That's what the, the talk of uh, surrounding this game has been. And it would be, uh, it's a, a chance to, for the Matildas to actually prove themselves against a world-class team such as the US. Uh, so, the Matildas haven't had the best <laughs> uh, run of form going into these lot of matches, uh, mainly because they're still trying to work out how to like, adjust to the new coach's style, Tony Gustafson's uh, style of play, and trying to get the, the right team together like, so they can play throughout the park. And they... They have been in recent times uh, had a leaky defense, and that has uh, really hampered their performances, especially in the Olympics and in the warm-up matches for the Olympics against Ireland and the other teams that they've played as well. In during that those matches, even during the Olympics as well, uh, and then even in the first a uh, lot of home friendlies against Brazil couple of weeks ago they had uh, in the first match they 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 put on a good showing but <clears throat> they, they couldn't keep a clean sheet and that was uh, something to do that, that's just um, something that they need to focus on addressing in these matches against the US because the US have got t uh, star-studded uh, players all across their team and especially they've got a very potent strike force uh, but uh, so this first match of uh, the against the US today is being played in Sydney in ANZ Stadium or Stadium Australia uh, so I it, le it seems to be like there's going going to be a Quite a, a decent crowd for those match that match. Hopefully, uh, people can actually turn out for that match, uh, considering the weather isn't the the greatest on the east coast at this stage. But hopefully, people will actually uh, forego, like realize, hang on, that the Australia the Matildas are playing a world class team in the U.S. They don't play them very often at home. Uh, so we'll have to get out there and support the girls. And uh, it's also being broadcast on Network 10, Channel 10. Uh, so you can catch that match. Uh, it's the the, the, the pre-game has started now. So from a, uh, from 2 o'clock Eastern, uh, the pre-game goes until about 3 o'clock when the kickoff is. And so the, the, the teams are just warming up on the ground and... 
Um, the, the commentators are just going through their pre-game rituals with uh, talking about each of the teams as well. So for my tip for, for these games, it's, I see, I think the Matildas can score at least one goal. And if they can get the combinations right at the back and they can, uh, especially in the defense and uh, so that they can limit the amount of goals scored against them, um, then they may stand a chance of winning this match. <laughs> I'm not wanting to give a score prediction because I still feel it's uh, just really up in the air at this stage. Uh, but as far as the second game uh, between uh, the US and the Matildas, which is on Tuesday, uh, that's happening in Newcastle at McDonald Jones Stadium. So if you're in the Newcastle area, uh, just get on down to that game. Or if you're just wanting to go to that game in anywhere in the New South Wales uh, north or any uh, from even traveling from Sydney for that game... Head on down to that game on Tuesday, uh, the 30th. It'll be a, a fantastic game as well. This is the first time that these any of these high-profile matches uh, with us, between us, uh, the Matildas and uh, America have been played in any of the regional centres. So look for uh, Newcastle to turn it on that night. <clears throat> um, yeah, so now the World Cup qualifiers for the, the men's team. Now, <laughs> this has been quite uh, shambolic in the past two matches for the Socceroos uh, because they they drew against Saudi Arabia, which I mean, Saudi Arabia was uh, an un is an undefeated team and they're still undefeated. Uh, but uh, so that's all. I was fine with that, and. So, and Saudi Arabia have got a really, really good team uh, together. Uh, but it was strange that they drew against China. I know there was a dodgy penalty call, but uh, I don't think they were going out there to win that match uh, with all of their intentions, like giving it their all. I don't know if Graham Arnold is... Like what Graham Arnold is doing at this stage. Uh, and at this point, Australia is third in uh, the, their qualification group after Japan, oh, Saudi Arabia and Japan. And Japan, who have overtaken Australia as well. So, I mean, they're sitting on 11 points and Japan is sitting on 12 points. So there's, they can make up the difference if... They win each and every match from going forward. But then again, we've got Vietnam in January next year, and then Oman, Saudi Arabia, and Japan as the last uh, few matches of the uh, the qualification, this stage of the qualification. And I see, I think that given the performance of the Socceroos against China, while it was really bad, uh, and I'm saying that uh, being an, uh, I, I'm not saying that any of the players 
had any problems. It was just the travel conditions that they were playing in the UAE for that match. And also, I don't think the the coach, the Graham Arnold, uh, had all his best players available, like Moy, Rogic, and Taggart, uh, were not released by their teams. And I think that uh, really hampered Graham Arnold's plans and uh, strategies going into that game. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know... Uh, People have been well. People have been calling for Graham Arnold to to step down or to be sacked from the Socceroos' job. Uh, I don't think Football Australia should make any rash decisions about that just yet, because it's not his fault that those three blockbuster players were not able to play in that match because they were not available. So I. So at this stage, I'd, uh, Graham Arnold keeps his job first up, but uh, the Socceroos need to win against Oman and Vietnam, at least for him to keep his job. And hopefully they can eke out a victory against either Saudi Arabia or Japan. But I, at this stage, <laughs> it's... Yeah, really going to be a really tight qualification race. And for uh, the intercontinental playoff, FIFA have just drawn the, uh, had the draw this morning for the playoff spots for the World Cup. And the AFC playoff position will go to, uh, will be playing off against the South American <laughs> team. And the... Oceania uh, uh, winners of the Oceania group will be playing off against the qualifier of the North American uh, oh, spot. So, I mean, it would have been great to have that uh, Oceania Football Confederation against Asian Football Confederation rivalry because there's a good chance that Australia may actually be in that playoff spot. I'm not saying anything against um, the third place team in the uh, in the other Asian qualifying group because they may actually be uh, get into that spot ahead of us. So ahead of the Socceroos. So it, I mean, it's it'd be a good test for the Socceroos or the Asian team to go up against the the fifth placed uh, South American team just to see if they can actually beat them. I mean, <laughs> uh, we all know about the Socceroos beating Uruguay in, to qualify for the tw uh, 2006 Germany World Cup. Uh, I think that moment was will be immortalised in uh, footballing Australian footballing history. Uh, but that... Uh, so if we can pull that something, some of those heroics off again, then uh, I see, I think we'd be able to stand a, a strong chance, but that needs to, uh, the Socceroos need to have a strong finish to this World Cup qualification process. Uh, hopefully they can get it into this, the automatic qualifying spot, but that's dependent on 
either Japan or Saudi Arabia dropping a few matches and then us overtaking them, which I don't think at this point is going to be likely, but hey, it's football. A lot of decisions um, can be made uh, in any point of the game, and those decisions can turn out to be quite instrumental in uh, going uh, country's qualification process, as we've seen uh, for Australia. Uh, now, moving on, so the first week of the A-League has, uh, A-League men's tournament has started, and all in all, good quality football has been played. Uh, attendance numbers at the games have been quite high, uh, except, except for uh, on the, in, in the Sydney uh, games, the F3 derby and the uh, Wellington Phoenix match and MacArthur as well. Um, so MacArthur had a issue with the stadium camp at Campbelltown. It was not up to uh, standard uh, for uh, an A-League men's match. So they've had to move their games away from their home games away from the Campbelltown Stadium, at least for a little while. Uh, so while they get Campbelltown Stadium's pitch up to scratch. Uh, but the, the fact that um, the fans have turned out in droves to see the first couple of matches, like the, uh, the melt, like the, the first match of the actual A-League season, which, on, which was last Friday night, uh, Melbourne City versus Brisbane Raw, that crowd was pretty decent for Melbourne Victory, uh, Melbourne City, sorry. Um, could have been a little higher, given that we were, we were being told that the crowd figures were, before that, leading into that match, were going to be a bit more impressive. But I guess the weather and other issues played into it as well. Um, and that's to do with all of the East Coast. Um, uh, it's copping a barrage full of horrendous weather at this stage which is making people just want to stay at home and watch uh, the games uh, in the dryness of their houses but that's all right uh, <laughs> that's fine uh, as long as people are watching the games and cheering for their teams uh, the first Sydney derby which was the first match on channel 10 uh, of this season uh, that did uh, 146,000 viewers uh, on Channel 10. That's an amazing number for a, uh, a football match in Australia. A football match in Australia, and it also had 23, over 23,000 fans in attendance at Combank Stadium in Parramatta. Now, I watched that game, and it was just going off the hook all night. Uh, whistle to whistle, the fans were up, the players were up. Just that, the only downside was there was no goal scored, which I guess is okay, because that that was just, uh, if any team had scored a goal, then it would have made, it would have diminished the, the performance and everything that the, the uh, A-League had done up to this point to, to actually prove itself in this, the Australian sporting landscape. So 
well done to the A-League and to the Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC for just putting on a spectacle match that was deserving of the national spotlight. Uh, and then later on that evening, we went over to the next match was on Paramount Plus, which was which was the Adel uh, Adelaide United taking on Perth Glory in Perth. The return, well, everyone flocked to that game to see Daniel Sturridge uh, play, uh, and they weren't dis disappointed actually. He he came on in the 85th minute and stayed around after the match just signing autographs and taking photos with every with all the fans that remained after the match it was that was just uh really heartwarming to hear and he knows that he's here basically to to repay the fans uh and he has to, well, and that's what you want out of your marquee players in the league and so hopefully um he can get fit in the next couple of games because last night's match with uh, well up against Western United he didn't play um, and because he was not fully fit for that match uh, so hopefully he can get up for the next match and hopefully um, continue uh, playing uh, a part of Perk Glory's potent strike force um, so with that it was just great coverage from all forms of media uh, leading up to the, the A-League season, just hyping the hyping us all up for it. So yeah, radio, uh, Network 10, uh, Paramount Plus, uh, even in the newspapers as well. Even Channel 7, <laughs> Sunrise got into it. Uh, during the le uh, week leading up to the first, uh, the start of the A-League. Um, so here's hoping that Aus Australian football will get a more positive coverage from all forms of media going forward and not just most the mostly negative stuff uh, that the media tends to focus on uh, with the game. Uh, so moving on, <laughs> uh, so the FFA Cup match matches are well and well and truly into swing now. Uh, so Perth Glory finally played their playoff match against Melbourne Victory on Wednesday night uh, in Adelaide or uh, at Mar at the Martin Sports Complex. So both teams were not taken well. well Perth Glory sent out their NPL side because uh, they wanted to rest all their players for last night's A-League match. And the NPL guys did a really good job, actually. So <laughs> they, they were going up against a team which had, a Melbourne Victory team, which had Robbie Cruz, uh, uh, ooh, and, uh, a couple of other high-profile players. Uh, and they, Perth Glory, uh, went into the first half uh, at halftime. It was one nil, and then the Perth Glory came out and well, actually won all at halftime. And the Perth Glory actually managed to hold out uh, that scoreline until the full time and in take that score up to, until the penalties. 
which they unfortunately lost 4-3. Uh, um, that's all credit to, to those uh, young guys. It was a very young squad for the Perth Glory that they put out there. They did a, an excellent job. Um, they should not, no fans should, no Glory fans should be unhappy about what they, uh, how, how the boys performed. Uh, and so it's just, a, uh, and it actually showed uh, some of the, the talent that's actually coming through the Glory system as well. And hopefully we this season we can see some of those players actually get some uh, first team time uh, in the matches as well. So, uh, um, so that's pretty much it for the the episode. Thank you again. Uh, oh yeah, and before we go, I just want to uh, give a, a mention about the Asian Champions League final between Pohang Steelers and Al Hilal. So Al Hilal, uh, it was, the match was being played in Saudi Arabia, uh, and Pohang Steelers had uh, former Perth Glory defender Alex Grant playing for them. Unfortunately, uh, Pohang couldn't get the victory that night, uh, going down to Al Halal 2-0. Uh, but so I, I didn't watch that match, but I heard it was just a fantastic uh, atmosphere at that night, and hopefully some more Australian teams can actually uh, get into uh, the later stages of that tournament in the future. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching this episode. Uh, please like the video, share the video, and subscribe to the Western Corner Flag on YouTube. Uh, please listen and follow us on Spotify as well, as well as uh, following us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, at Western Corner Flag. Thank you again, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the Matildas match as well.